0: finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances
1: And with
0: Kathy and Jennifer.
1: Welcome to Finances And. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. Today we'll cover micro-investing. How can I do it and is it for me?
0: So I was talking with my kids recently and they were talking about micro-investing and it made me feel like that was a topic that would be worth covering because there was a lot more to it than I really thought.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting topic. I hadn't heard much about it until recently a coworker actually mentioned an app that they use that rounds up their purchases and micro it for them. It was pretty interesting to learn more about it. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, actually. Since investing can seem like a scary thing to some people, there's so much risk involved. I don't know how to pick stocks. What the heck is a short-term loss? Many people avoid it for these reasons. It doesn't help that the perception is that only the wealthy can invest either. And that's where micro-investing comes in. It's when somebody begins on their
0: investing journey by putting a super small amount of money and buying small bits of stocks in exchange traded funds, which are called ETFs. These are a group, sometimes called a basket, of bonds, stocks, and or commodities that are held together. These are traded as a group in a fund that you buy. And even though there are bonds in this basket and bonds are not traded on the stock market, it trades or is bought and sold like a stock would be on the stock market. The only difference is that it is traded once a day after the market closes. So if you say, I want to buy this ETF, you can, but after the market closes is when the actual purchase of that fund will happen.
1: These can all be U.S. holdings or international, and they offer low expense ratios, which are the operating expenses divided by the average cost of its assets being managed, called the AUM. The higher the operating expenses, the smaller the return. This is what you should be looking at when choosing an ETF. These ETFs also have fewer broker commissions, and so it costs you less to be managed than some other funds like mutual funds.
0: Mutual funds are notorious for having big fees associated with it. So that's that's what's the benefit here in this case. Mutual funds are terrific because they are also a large group of funds. And we'll talk a little bit more about why having a large group is a benefit. So these apps, and you can you can do this on apps or even with stockbroker trading, even TD Ameritrade and those types of people offer this micro investing. These apps take either a set amount of money, even as low as five dollars a week, and they use it to buy parts of shares. They also also offer a way to uh, link it up to your checking account or even your credit card. And then what they do is they round up purchases so that you can start investing. An example might be if your phone bill is $70.14, they'll round that up to $71. And then they're going to invest that difference of 86 cents every time you have any kind of a transaction. So you're really never going to invest more than 99 cents at a time because if something is $7.01, it's going to round up. But these little tiny micro investments add up over time. You also can set up any kind of a rule to trigger investments. Some might include things like, if I spend over $100, then put this much money into my micro-investing, or on this day and time, put this much money in my micro-investing. Or there, It really is customizable to almost any rule that you can generate where they can see something happen with your checking or credit cards to make that activate.
1: And the chance of you missing these micro investments is slim. So it's an easy way to try out investing and sort of not sweating it.
0: You're not losing a lot of money at one time. You're losing 99 cents maybe each time you make a purchase. And so you're not saying, oh, I'm going to put $100 in every week or, you know. So again, these little micro amounts don't seem to be noticed from people's accounts as much. And so it's an easy way to start
1: investing. Some of these apps and other platforms may also offer basic banking services as well, along with there may be associated fees with those.
0: I was on NerdWallet and they had some great ways of comparing some of these apps. The highlights were that there were companies like TD Ameritrade, SoFi, Robinhood, acorns and stash, kind of like the idea of those names, (laughs) Robin Hood, acorns, because they grow and stash or stashing your money. But be sure when you get on there or when you get on anywhere, compare what minimums you need to have in there and any fees, because that's how you're going to decide what's the best for you. Essentially, what happens is the micro investor puts anywhere from $5 and up. And the real draw of this platform is that it's not only the amount of money you can invest, but it's that you're getting into the market earlier than if you were trying to save a large amount of money to start buying stocks. What that ultimately means is that you're beginning to get the most important thing that the market offers, interest over
1: time. The longer you sit out of investing, that's money that you did not make. An example would be saving $10 a week and putting that into your checking account for two years until you got $1,040 to invest. And then you could continue to add $10 a week for 30 years. If we assume an investment rate of 7%, that would then earn you $58,769, which is not bad for $10 a week.
0: But using micro-investing, if you invest that same $10 a week right away in some micro-investing vehicle, which is a week for 32 years, which is that same two years Jennifer mentioned of saving the $1,040, you would earn an additional $654 at 7%. And that might not seem like a lot, but for $10 a week, that's quite impressive. How do these apps work? And what should you be looking for when you're deciding on which app to use?
1: Well, for starters, they have very low minimum deposits and some apps will let you begin with as little as one cent. But even though you don't need a lot, the more you invest in yourself, the more money that grows for you. Another big consideration is consistency. You want to commit to an amount and try and keep it up. By adding to your portfolio, you get to make that money Grow exponentially.
0: That's time and adding in is what investors call dollar cost averaging. It's where you consistently add money to whatever account, but in this case, an ETF. And then when share prices rise, you buy less of those shares, but when prices drop, you get to buy more of the shares. So even though we want our share prices to rise so we can sell for a profit, the small dips in prices that happen periodically are actually for the best. It means that you're investing weekly in more shares when the prices go down.
1: If you don't have a lot of money in your account or the, and the smaller your balance, the less in fees you pay as an incentive to keep up with these accounts and adding consistency. Another benefit is how easy these are to use. You can set up auto transfers of money from your bank account to the investment account so that you are investing without even thinking about it.
0: However, you could be investing too little if you're relying on these little tiny micro investments over a long period of time. To really be of any service to you at retirement. The beauty is that you can start with almost nothing, but you don't want that amount that you're investing to continue to just be a few cents every time you make a purchase if you plan on retiring. The real beauty of it is is that you are getting in the habit of investing and your comfort level for investing rises.
1: You also need to pay attention to how much those fees are eating up your investments because if you're only investing small change, you could only be putting aside $20 a month after fees. Instead, consider a set fee on top of the spare change aspect of investing.
0: So maybe you rely on these small amounts going in, but you also say, and I'm going to put, you know, $100 a month or $10 a month or whatever it is that you can can actually use. Once you begin to make some real money though, or headway into your investment plans, you're going to want to Pay attention to the fees because that's when they start to add up. They want you to do these micro investments. Once you have a lot more money, they start charging you more for it. Some apps will charge you only a dollar a month, which is obviously $12 a year for any account balance that's less than $5,000. But once you get over $5,001, you're going to start to pay a quarter of a percent. And you know, if you have a balance eventually of, say, $50,000, you're really paying $125 a year in fees. It, that, that's unnecessary. You can, you can invest that money in a straight stock exchange with ETFs if you still love those, but you don't have to pay those kind of fees every year.
1: These are almost all taxable accounts, not true retirement accounts. One does offer an IRA-like account, but none are tax-deferred like a Roth IRA. The ETFs themselves offer some safety because the stocks and bonds work so that when stock prices go down, the the bond market goes up, meaning they protect you when one goes down, the other is up, and a single ETF could have hundreds of companies in it
0: and the benefit of having hundreds of companies in it means that if one company fails for some reason, it's not going to hurt your basket of stocks and bonds because it's only a small percentage of it. Or if a whole industry fails, for example, if the communications industry for some reason started to fail and you had Verizon and other kinds of stocks in there, more than likely other commodities would not be affected the same way. So by having this basket of, you know, uh, up to, you know, hundreds or more stocks, you're really safe with that. As with any investment, the greater the risk, the greater the opportunity for a higher return, where if you have a low risk, you're going to get a lower return. For example, your bank account. This is super low risk as a vehicle because you're going to get your money back out of it as long as you don't have try to get out more than what the FDIC is insuring. But the guaranteed return on that account is almost $0. You're going to get your money back, but you're going to get very little money back when you try and get it out. So when you sign up, there might be only options like high, medium, or low risk in these ETFs, not specific ETFs by name that you can then go buy once you're more comfortable in a more traditional trading account.
1: Like high yield savings accounts, you are committing to leaving your money in these accounts for a long period of time without the opportunity to get the money out quickly. However, you should get your money out within like a week if needed, but just know it's not going to be like the next day, if you request it. And they make their money by gaining interest on your accounts. So they are not incentivized to hurry the process for you. Yeah. They also make money if they're offering banking services for you. Right. And a lot of those accounts where you're committing to put your money in for a long period of time or a certain period of time, there are fees associated with taking it out early too. Yeah, that's a possibility. You're right.
0: There are also groups like on Facebook and other kinds of places that share their investment successes and failures. So if you're considering this micro-investing, you might want to check those places out first and just see what people list as what they found for mistakes and learn from them before you start to commit your own finances. That's
1: great advice. That's all part of your your research and your due diligence to look look up that information.
0: Yeah, and I think I think reading what other people's experiences are really helps doesn't really matter what the topic is, then you're you're just putting that aside. You're filing that away to say, oh, well, here's something that someone did that didn't work. And here's something that did work. And just using that when you go to make your own decisions, especially if something like this is new to you. Then it's a nice opportunity to hear what real people are doing, not just the PR that's being published by these companies that are asking you to do the micro investing.
1: Anything else? Yeah, just thinking more about micro-investing and how by removing the traditional barriers to investing that a lot of people feel, micro-investing means that more people can get comfortable with investment choices. They can avoid brokerage charges and they can commit to the habit of investing.
0: And honestly, you just learn more about investing in that way. And that's what's going to raise your comfort level. And it's just going to be to your benefit in your retirement, in your in your old age. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Finances and Micro-Investing. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider. Also, you can share your favorite episode with a friend. Consider leaving us a review because it brings financial education to others and helps people find us more easily. And quite honestly, it just makes us smile. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered or any topics that you'd like us to cover by going to our website at financesand.net, and then you can leave a message there. You can find our infographics there and right here in our show notes. Finances And does not provide tax or legal advice. Nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to.